Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is an astrophotographer. Um, he's an astronomer. He, he looks at the stars. And stars is a very general term. We might talk about that sure. a little bit. And what we think are stars are sometimes something very different. Uh, I'll give you a little context first, folks. Vicki and I were invited, oh, about a month ago from the recording of this, this podcast to join Kent and his wife and another couple that are friends of ours. We have some mutual friends uh, to Kent's cabin. Now, Kent's cabin is in a remote area of Utah that has very little light pollution and a very advanced observatory of all things. Well, it's only there, Kent, because you built it. Correct. Right? Now, you're a reformed dentist who decided that your real passion in life is sharing light with people. That's accurate. I'm was a dentist for about uh, 20 years mm-hmm. due to some health issues, had to kind of shift gears, went back to school yeah. and uh, got a degree in astronomy and I teach part-time now. And uh, But the passion to look up and to explore the cosmos has always been there. But this yeah. gave me a chance to share it with others. And I, I phrased that carefully because I know that you'll resonate with that, sharing light. Yes, right? very much so. Yep. Now, and to share it, you have to collect it first. I'm going to have you walk us through that a little bit because okay. at least for me, it was an eye-opening experience to see how you do that. You built an observatory. You have a 16-inch telescope Correct. that's connected to some photographic equipment and computer equipment. Um, walk us through that a little bit, Sure. would you? So let's say, for example, I wanted to try to capture light from a galaxy that was maybe 50 million light years away from us, a light year being the distance that light can travel in one year. So obviously, we're talking about light that's very, very distant, so distant that if I were to look at it with the naked eye, there's no way I would see it. But these photons are moving through space and they're arriving here on Earth. These photons, these little packets of light that, are, that have been emanated from that, from that galaxy a long, long time ago, they're just now arriving on Earth and I need to capture them some way. So I, I point my telescope at that galaxy and I keep it locked onto that galaxy for hours at a time. In the, in the meantime, we've got these photons that are hitting a little receptor and collecting them. And, and over again, over the course of maybe 8, 10, 12 hours, I've collected all this light and then I process it in my computer. And all of a sudden, voila, there I can see this galaxy whose light left 150 million years or 50 million years ago, depending on how far away it is from us. So I'm looking at this galaxy the way it looked 50 million years ago. And uh, wait, Kent, 
I, I, I remember my high school physics and light travels really fast. Indeed. Travels at about 186,000 miles per second. So in other words, if I was moving that fast, I could travel around the earth about seven and a half times every second. In a second. In a second. So this light that's been traveling to us has been moving that fast for 50 million years. 50 million years. And now it's just arrived and we're looking at it the way it looked 50 million years ago. To look at it today, to see what it looks like today, we'd have to wait another 50 million years and then capture it again. Because it's going to take that long for the light to get to To get to us. Exactly. So we're always looking at things in the past when we look out into space. When we look at the sun, we look at it the way it looked eight minutes ago. Now, when I started to first wrap my head around what we're actually talking about here, I remember times uh, back in high school, for example, I'd attend a football game. Okay, the marching band is down on the field. You see that, that bass drummer swing his hand and smack that bass drum, and you don't hear a thing yeah. until just a, a moment yeah. later, you hear the boom, yeah. right? Or the fireworks, you see the pop, then you hear the boom. Light travels a lot faster than sound. Way, way faster. So we're, we're looking at that lapse between the speed of light and the speed of sound. Right. which is about 700 miles per hour versus 186,000 miles per second. So there's a huge difference in the, in the speed yeah. of those two things or the velocities of those two, two things. So yes, right. that's, that's correct. So uh, an explosion in that galaxy, we wouldn't hear for another 200 million years or yeah, whatever it is. Exactly. Right? Um, exactly. More perspective here, Kent. How far away is our sun? Sun is 93 million miles away from us. So um, it's, you know, it, it seems, you know, based on the distances that we're used to here, here on Earth, that's, that seems like a long ways, and it is a long ways. Uh, Mars, for example, is 33 million miles away, and we plan on going there sometime in the near future, right? Right. We're, we're hoping to get there within the next decade or two. But with our fastest spaceship, which is traveling maybe around 40,000 miles per hour, <clears throat> it will probably take about seven months to get to Mars. However, wow. to get to the furthest planet from us, which we, the New Horizons spacecraft, which passed by Pluto, which is not an official planet, but it's a body in our solar system, that took about 10 years to get to, to the, from, the furthest from, from, the, from, from the, the Earth. Earth. From the Earth. To Pluto. That, took ten, that took 10 years. So again, that gives you some perspective in our of our solar system. However, now when we look at stars, if we were to try to travel to our nearest star, which is Alpha Centauri, which is a mere four light years away from us, that would take 80,000 years to get to the nearest star. Traveling in our fastest, in our spacecraft. fastest spacecraft. So you, wow. you get some perspective of how big space is. That's, that's the closest star to us. In light years, how far is the sun? It's it's not even a light year. It's it's a fraction of a light year. It's light yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's it, away. It, it's, Is that right? It's eight light minutes away. Eight light minutes. That's right. Okay, so wow. Okay, you're blowing my mind again. Can't this happens every time I talk to you? Uh, as I try to wrap my head around the distances that we're talking about and the perspective. Now, 
when you photograph a galaxy, and folks, as you're listening to this, um, I'm going to share some images with you two through a link. So uh, in the description of the podcast, you'll find a link that'll lead you back to a Flickr account that's operated by Kent Wood. Click on that link or just go to Flickr and look up Kent Wood and add the word Astro. Astro. Yeah. Astro, you know, like the dog on Jetsons. Um, wasn't that the dog? I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, Kent Wood, Astro, you'll find it. There are some beautiful pictures there. These photographs have been used by, by NASA, by um, very prominent uh, astronomy publications. Is this correct? Yes, it is. Kent, because uh, they're beautiful pictures of these galaxies. Tell us what is a galaxy? A galaxy is a body of stars and gas and dust that's all bound together by gravity. We live in the Milky Way galaxy. So our universe is comprised of these galaxies. Our galaxy, our Milky Way galaxy, has about 200 billion stars in it, and our sun is only one of those is stars. Is one of those. Of those stars. But these galaxies are spread out throughout the universe. And uh, on average, most of them have about 100 to 200 billion stars. Some are larger, some are smaller. And but some of those stars have planets. They are solar systems. We believe now that more than 90% of all the stars that you see at night when you look up have, have planets orbiting them. So most stars have planets. And Wow. Okay. And some of the stars that we see are not actually stars. If you take a closer look, they might be a galaxy or a cluster. That's of stars. correct. From our perspective with the naked eye, and even with a, a telescope, if they're far enough away, it's sometimes hard to differentiate between a star, but especially with the naked eye. But um, in, 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 for us here on Earth, as we look up at night, for those folks who are listening, as you look up at night and look at those stars, all of those stars are in our galaxy. None of those are in a different galaxy. But you may see one or two fuzzy areas that could be galaxies that are millions of light years away, like the Andromeda galaxy, for example. It's a pretty close neighbor of ours. Close meaning? It mean about two million light years away. <laughs> <laughs> that's so close. That's relatively close. Uh -huh. Wow. And, and so the stars that we're seeing, if the fuzzy ones might be a galaxy out yeah. in the distance yeah. and That's the other right. stars are bugs on the windshield. That's right. Exactly. As we're exactly. trying to look out toward them. Beyond them. Wow. Okay. Now this, this brings about some perspective. And in fact, before we get into the brain, Kent, I'm going to share with you, uh, with many clients that I have visited uh, over the past couple of months since I came out to your cabin. I have used this as an example of perspective because you look at what we're dealing with. As we record this podcast, we are in the throes of a global pandemic. Now, the word global to most people is really big. To you, that's one of the smallest measurements uh, when you're dealing with the kind of scope that you deal with on a regular basis. You want to comment about that sure, a little? I'd be happy to. An ancient Greek astronomer that I'm sure you've all heard of, Plato, mm -hmm. once said that astronomy compels the soul to look upwards and leads off from this world to another. And one of the things yeah. that I love about uh, what I do 
is it gives me opportunity to, to look up and ponder what's out there beyond this earth and beyond the troubles and the, the kind of sometimes the myopic perspective that I tend to get from time to time when maybe mm-hmm. burdens and challenges and challenges and trials are building up. I look up and realize there's so much more and there's so much, it, it gives me this sense and feeling yeah. of awe and, uh, and wonder and helps me put things in perspective a little bit. At the same time, I feel somewhat small, but at the same time, I feel really significant. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it does help put things in perspective for me. It's a curious mix, isn't it? Yeah. Of, of feeling so small and insignificant. We're talking about a global pandemic, which is on a planet in a solar system in a galaxy. Now, it happens to be ours. Yes. Which is why it's yes. big to us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, it's, it's not even a blip on the radar. Yeah, especially when you consider that uh, of all, you know, we're one of 200 billion stars and, one, and our galaxy is one of 2 trillion galaxies. And every one of those stars, at least probably 90% of them, have planets. So the numbers, the possibility for life and other, other planets mm-hmm. is pretty significant. Um, but... Uh, I was going to ask you that uh, because as someone who who has constantly got an eye on the universe, um, you know, what are the chances that we're all alone here in our little speck of dust? In my opinion, it's it's pretty slim. I mean, we've when I say we, the scientific community has has discovered over four thousand exoplanets, meaning planets orbiting other stars, and we continue to discover them all the time. None of them to, uh, to this point have had anything like what we have here on Earth. None of them seem to have what's necessary for life. And yet right. our, our technology is not quite to the point where we can look at that with really kind of, you know, kind of under a microscope, so to speak. Yeah. But that's coming. But uh, so many out there consider what we have here, they, 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 they speak of a rare Earth um, idea or a rare Earth philosophy, meaning that what we have here on earth is pretty special. And yet when you look at the possibilities for life out there, most likely it's out there that uh, we just haven't seen it. Near <sighs> that can bring about some interesting conversations. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I love the, I love the direction we're going. Ken, as we come back from this break, let's, let's look at what some of the significance is of of this perspective to how we live our lives. Good to go that direction. Folks, this is Kent Wood today at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me, drpauljenkins.com. 
And we're back. Kent Wood today at Live On Purpose Radio. The first time ever, Kent, that I have interviewed an astrophotographer at Live On Purpose Radio. Well, it's my, my pleasure to be here. And it's your first podcast. It is indeed. So we're breaking new ground all over the place today. The, the reason, Kent, that I wanted to have this conversation with you, besides all of the personal, maybe selfish reasons for loving to have this conversation, and we've had it a couple of times recently, uh, I like to share new perspectives with people that get them thinking. And as we were talking about early on in, in the show today, we're sharing light. And light to me is an analogy for um, truth or principles that can change our life. Mm-hmm. And in, in embracing that light and truth or the principles, uh, we can get different outcomes in our life. You're in the business of illuminating to people light that's always been there, but they haven't been able to see for whatever reasons. And so I think we're kind of in the same business. I agree with you. Absolutely. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's kind of neat. <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned earlier, it, it does. Yeah. I feel there's a resonance that I feel when we both talk about what we love to do. Yeah. Because, it, because there is this unifying thread of light that runs through it. Right. I mean, I love to, I love to capture it, uh, when, the light that's coming from space, but I also love to seek it out here on Earth. Right. wherever I can find it. Yeah. And I think most of us are drawn to that, right? We were drawn to that light. And, and sometimes we may, we may have been exposed to it or uh, um, know something about it, but to have someone who can maybe help articulate some ideas that uh, will illuminate it even further is perhaps helpful. And I think that's maybe what you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's exciting to see the lights go on yes for people i'm i'm a, i'm a professor as well i teach yeah. students about what we're talking about and so this whole covid-19 thing is 19 thing has been a bit of a challenge because now it's harder to sit in a classroom and see that light go on in their faces when we're talking about these things right and that's what i love to do is have that face to face interaction so that's been it's been a little bit more challenging for yeah. any teacher anywhere, right? Because they all, I think all teachers recognize that and enjoy that. Well, and a quick example of that, Kent, here we are having a, a podcast conversation. This is an audio only podcast. Now we have some, some special guests who are observing behind the scenes and they're getting the video capture over at Live on Purpose Central. Uh, but for, our, for the bulk of our podcast listeners today, they don't get the visuals. And if they could, we would share with them what I've already referred to earlier. And that's uh, these beautiful photographs that you've composed from uh, painstakingly collecting photons, little bundles of light that are tired from a very long journey. <laughs> Indeed. that none of us even have the lifespan to tolerate. Right. Um, here they, and you're collecting these photons and putting them together. Folks, let me just give you a little sense of this. Um, when you go to Kent's uh, Flickr page, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. These are beautiful 
uh, renditions of galaxies and nebulas and uh, and star clusters and uh, I don't even know all the terms. No, you're you're doing great. Those are um, the majority of what's there. I, I remember when I was out at the observatory with you, Kent, and, and I said, Kent, give us give, give me a sense of the real estate here. And it was this, I think it was the bubble nebula. Okay. Yeah. Go to Kent's page and look up, find the bubble nebula there. You'll know what I'm talking about. It looks like this beautiful little bubble floating around in space. And there's colors and, and gases and things that make it all very artistic. And these are the kinds of things you'd want to hang on your wall. And you do. You hang them on your wall. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. But you'll see them in magazines too. I just saw one on a website that I think, you might have taken it's the sombrero galaxy it might have or it might have been someone um, yeah, or somebody else who has guys. similar yeah. equipment yeah. perhaps but i recognize the galaxy yeah. now listen to what i'm saying folks a picture of a galaxy you know how you have to back up sometimes to get the whole group of people in your shot well you've backed up what 40 million light years yeah. and, and to give you some perspective so the sombrero, well, our galaxy, and the sombrero is much larger than ours, but if you wanted to travel from one end of our galaxy to the other at the speed of light, at, the, would, speed of at light. the speed of light, it would take you 100,000 years going this, at the speed of light to travel from one end of our galaxy to That's the other. That's the Milky Way galaxy. That's the Milky Way. The sombrero is probably almost twice as large. Which you can't take a picture of, by the way. No, we're inside of it. It's kind of challenging to do that the milky way you can't take a picture <laughs> yeah, but you, part of it but not and how big is the sombrero sombrero is probably closer to 2000 you see the 200,000 light years so we're wow we're, we're about our our galaxy is about a thousand light years thick but again about a hundred thousand light years wide and sombrero is closer to 200,000 wow this it's hard to wrap our mind around these distances well it really is because we're locked inside of it yeah um we can't fully appreciate or comprehend what it is and psychologically we, that that has some implications yeah yeah it does i mean again as far as distance we throw these big numbers around all the time but uh um you know a light year when we talk about one light year we're talking about 10 trillion Kilometers is one light year, just one light year. Yeah. And we're throwing out these numbers of hundreds of thousands of light years. You've got to add another 10 trillion on that to consider, to, to, you know, to have some perspective of the, what the measurement, the measurement of distance that we use here on Earth. So, it's, uh, again, it's hard to wrap our minds. Space is just really, yeah. really, really big. And it gets my philosophical brain just buzzing. Anytime I think about this, because these galaxies we're talking about are by all means currently available to us, unreachable. Yes. Yes. I mean, even the closest star it is currently unreachable to us for all practical. Other than the sun. Yeah, yeah. Other than the sun. Well said. I mean, that is the closest star. But besides the sun, besides our parent star, our closest neighbor is beyond our reach at this point with our technology. We're working right. on things that can, can change that. And we have some, some things that we could talk about at a different time that, mm. that are beginning to approach a fraction of the speed of light, but we're, we're way, the chemical propulsion that we use now, it's not within reach. But while we're waxing philosophical, Kent, um, you're taking pictures of things that are not present, they are past. They are. 
but they're looking in the past, but they're present to you. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So something in the past can be present. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. We ta- now, we're, now we're starting to talk about time a little bit, which, which again is an interesting mm-hmm. discussion as well, but yeah. Time and space. Mm-hmm. And we're bound in both right now. We are. But when we can transcend that, then everything is reachable. And you're right. That's another conversation. It is indeed. But uh, I wanted to comment just for a minute about the psychological implications of being within our galaxy. We cannot take a picture of our galaxy. We can get beautiful images, as you have, of other galaxies that are unreachable to us and that aren't even present. They're in the past. And, and okay, so hopefully your mind is blown a little too. They're, they're likely in the present, but we're not seeing it that way right now. And what we would, yeah. what, you know, their present, their present picture is, is going to be very, is, is going to be, is our future. It's going to be different. Yeah. Well, it has to yeah, be, I would think. Things change. That's the nature of things. Because you're photographing things that don't even have that kind of a lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, the, yeah, the galaxy probably has that lifespan, that, that type of a lifespan, but uh, mm-hmm. some of the stars in it will, will not. Yeah. Right. Because they, they're born. Yep. They live They'll and they die. Life. Exactly. Um, there's a lifespan to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes can't we get so locked inside of our own little galaxy, our own little thinking, our own perceptions or beliefs that we can't, we can't even see them because we're inside of them. Yeah. I had a, a, one of my colleagues said it this way. He said, it's like we're trapped inside of a box. And all we can see is what's projected on the inside of our box. Hmm. There's instructions for getting out of your box, but they're printed on the outside of your yeah. box. <laughs> right. Which calls into uh, the picture the need for outside yeah. influence. Yeah, that outside, that, that, that taking the time to ponder what's out there, mm-hmm. I think it can impact what's inside of us as well. Um, it brings to mind uh, a quote by a, a famous German philosopher, Immanuel Kant. Mm. He said, "What two things fill me with constantly increasing admiration and awe the longer and more earnestly I reflect upon them. Mm. The starry heavens without and the moral law within. Uh. And, 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 and what I have found is, as I take time to ponder what's around me out there in the cosmos, it, uh, again, there's something that resonates within me in regards to the moral law and just kind of our, our, our inner spirit, if you will, that, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, kind of speaks to me that way and gives me, gives me pause to reflect about what I'm, what, who I am and what I'm, what I'm doing in my life. And, and for me, it's, it's a positive experience. Yes. It has been for me as well. I remember you asked this in the observatory, what are you feeling? And there was, there was a predominant response. And it's a three-letter word, awe. Indeed, yeah, that, that was it. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that our listeners can relate to this. Any one of you who have been under a, in a dark side, under a star, uh, star-studded sky, and have taken the opportunity to look up and just uh, consider what you're feeling. I imagine you can relate to what we're talking about. 
Yes. And most people I've ever asked that question to have used that word or something like it. Well, it inspires awe, which I think is a psychologically healthy feeling and emotion to have because it gets us outside of the things that keep us bound and captive and trapped and gives us a perspective that is greater than ourselves. And it's like you were saying earlier, Kent, there's this strange interplay between feeling insignificant and immensely small. And at the same time, experiencing a sense of our profound significance and importance. I agree. Um, it's hard to explain. Yeah. It is hard to put that, the words. That may be even more mind-blowing than your 40 million light years that you keep throwing out there. I think it is. Uh, folks, if you want to feel that awe, all you have to do is go look at Kent's photos. Consider what it is that we've been talking about here in the perspective uh, that Kent has shared. Um, Kent, you've got a, a Flickr account. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Flickr, F-L-I-C-K-R, and it's, it's a, a site where people share their artistic work uh, through photography and video and, and whatever other things. So go to Flickr.com, look up Kent Wood, spelled just like you would think, um, uh, Kent Wood, and then use the word Astro and it'll come up. You, you can also, if several Kent Woods come up, look for the one that has kind of a spacey looking image there and it'll pull you right into his account. Go follow him and, and take a look at some of these images that we've been referring to today. I promise it will be worth your while. We will put a link in the description so that you can get there quickly. If you go back to the podcast, but just remember flicker.com for, and, and then search within the site for Kent Wood Astro you're going to find some really cool stuff. Anything else you want to say about that, yeah, Kent? Just, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for sharing your light. <laughs> and I mean yeah. that in several different ways. You know that. Yeah, thank you. It's been, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Folks, you've heard it from Kent Wood, the only astrophotographer ever to appear at Live on Purpose Radio. <laughs> Uh, it's now your turn to take whatever has inspired you today and go live on purpose. Mm-hmm.